Hello, and welcome to the Peace Alliance Hope Story Circle. It's so nice to see everyone here today. And welcome to Peace On, your source for inspiring conversations and information from thought leaders across the spectrum on topics related to the strategies of building peace, fostering nonviolence, and creating a world that thrives, shifting our understanding toward empathy, compassion, and connection. My name is Terry Mason. I'm on the board of the Peace Alliance, and I'm joined today by Liz Gannon Graydon, who is also on our board, and Yelena Popovich, who is our Teaching Peace in Schools lead to facilitate the Hope Story Circle. And our special guest today is Jay Thompson. We're so excited to have Jay join us at our first Hope Story Circle of the year because she's starting a new position with the Peace Alliance as our community peace building lead. So we're really excited to have you here, Jay. Can you come off mute and say hello? Welcome, glad to be here I'm in peace with all of you. So nice to see you here. I'm excited to have you with us. This is Beth. Hi, Beth. Hi. I'm going to put you on mute. All right. Um, so we have a wonderful story to tell today. Jay has a, has a wonderful story. I think it's, it's going to be very um, inspiring for conversations. So we'll just start off with Yelena, if you could lead us in a meditation, and then we'll go directly to you, Jay. Wonderful. Welcome, everyone. Yeah, wherever you are, whatever time it is, um, hope it's now time. And um, to start us off, I actually would love to invite us into listening to a quote um, by Alan Watts. Um, so however you come into listening, I invite you to do that. If you wish to have your eyes closed so you can really tune in to listening, or you can have your eyes open, gently gazing down. But um, here it is. As it is, we are merely bolting our lives, gulping down undigested experiences as fast as we can stub them in. Because awareness of our own existence is so superficial and so narrow that nothing seems to us more boring than simply being. If I ask you, what you saw, heard, smelled, touched, and tasted yesterday, I'm likely to get nothing more than a thin, sketchy outline of the few things that you noticed, and of those only what you thought worth remembering. Isn't it surprising that an existence so experienced seems so empty and bare that its hunger for an infinite future is insatiable? But suppose you could answer, it would take me forever to tell you. And I'm much too interested what is happening right now. So I just invite you to really tune into this moment, to right here, right now, and sense into your body, perhaps noticing body sensations, how is it to be in your body, simply being in your body at this moment? Perhaps noticing the contact, your feet making with the ground. Your breath as it comes in and out 
air touching your skin. Perhaps noticing some pulsing and tingling. Or maybe you can attune to the sounds that you are hearing. Just allow this curiosity, this being too interested in what is happening now. for flood your awareness. Connecting to yourself acting to this moment. Practicing peace. you to take a nourishing breath as you exhale doubt, peace, and rejoin this community and welcoming Jay. Thank you all. Come Jay. Thank you, Yelena. How perfect, how perfectly in line. And I love when alignment happens. So thank you for that. Thank you for giving us this moment. I love to begin the new year thinking about the intentions for what it's going to be. And this is not so much resolutions, but it's more about affirmations. And as a practitioner of peace, as a restorative justice practitioner, always thinking about um, building relationships. And the intentions that I have um, affirmed for this year are to be at peace and ease. But what is it to be at peace and ease? Um, for me, it is being just in time, in the moment, um, and present, really much like the way um, the author was speaking that Yelena invited us to listen to earlier. So I'm going to go back into my youth, to a time when we are not really thinking about our mortality, where we're in the beginnings of our uh, being able to realize and recognize our experiences and 
Um, I am 16 going on 17, coming from a place of a lot of privilege and um, getting to go on a trip to East Africa. Um, we had a exchange student, a woman named Wangeni come from Kenya um, and offered us the opportunity, a group of folks to travel. And though in a place of privilege, there's always you know, a budget to have to try to find. And so um, a part of my fundraising to be able to go on this trip, <clears throat> excuse me, was at my school to create this international dinner. And so it was a, an opportunity for um, the folks in our community to all decide on a country to pick. And then we made wonderful food and we brought it all together and we invited people from community to come in um, and have this wonderful international dinner. And that was the way I was able to um, raise money to go on this month long trip during the summer uh, to East Africa. So I was very excited. My mother was, um, you know, as any mother would be sending a 16 year old across the country, <laughs> um, scared to death but willing to let me go on this journey um, that I that has really been transformative in my life and recognizing how cultural education can really um, uh, create an opportunity for us to really grow ourselves and expand our knowledge base. So take this, I'm inviting you to take this trip at 16 years old, go to your 16 year old place and join me on this trip to East Africa for all of the wonderful lessons that were learned. Um, and so very excited having to go through preparation of learning about culture, um, learning some Swahili because that was the language that we knew that people were going to uh, be communicating with us in. Um, and so all of this preparation before getting on this plane and going and we did the preparation in time. It was, you know, a, a sketched out schedule. We had Wangani there. Um, giving us language and talking to us about culture. Um, we have our, our, our group of people that are getting on the plane. We get on the plane, we get off in Africa. Um, and let me explain the group of people. Let me back up and explain the group of people. So it's myself um, and two of like my really close girlfriends and both of us are women who would be identified as, as black, as people of color. Um, I went to a really, uh, uh, privileged high school. So the other colleagues that are with me are would be white identified. And then of course, all, our, all of our chaperones are white identified except for um, um, Wangani. And so uh, going into this town and not only are we going into the town, but we're going in to meet with other young people from a school who are going to allow us to engage in their experiences um, and build relationships in that way. Um, and then we were also going to be supporting the building of a library, right? So that there was uh, more opportunity for um, exchange of, of uh, the art of, of uh, storytelling in, in books and authorship. So we're prepared for all of these things. We get to Kenya, get off of the plane after a very, very, very long journey. Um, and the thing that I remember most in that initial moment was feeling and experiencing in a completely and entirely different vibration. 
And when I talk about vibration, I'm talking about thinking about times when you've actually gone, been able to go out into onto the land and actually plant your feet on the land and feel the motion of the earth and the wind and the and the the sounds and all of those things. Um, and stepping off of the plane and still having shoes on and things, but getting on the land and feeling the land and feeling an actual different vibration in time and moment that just um, really shifted my experience. Besides the fact of being able to be in a space for the first time where all I was seeing are people that are identified as, 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 as Black folks, um, just, just all over surrounded. And so becoming instantly the majority um, rather than being the minority in my existence. And so um, that was a very telling thing. We're going through our process and we're getting to um, the school where we're gonna be building the library and also um, uh, staying because that's that was what our accommodation was in the space. So it was very authentic to the community and the culture of people. And we start to build relationships with the young people um, that are in school. We have some similarities, you know, 16 year old girls. I did leave a, a boyfriend at home, but now I'm in Africa and, you know, cute, cute people around. And so giggling with my um, African sisters there about who's cute, who's not, who likes who, who doesn't, doing the thing, singing songs, um, writing poetry together, doing all of these wonderful, fun, youthful um, things and, and recognizing the similarities, but then also recognizing that in doing this, um, there is a different perspective and a context with which people share um, uh, their values. Um, and so as we're building these relationships, we get to this opportunity where now we know people and it's customary to when you know people and you really um, uh, develop a, a camaraderie, a kinship, uh, you invite folks to your home. And so there was uh, one of the young people who became really good friends um, decided that they were going to invite us to their home. And we're talking about going to a home. We're talking about a journey to um to break bread, to have to have a meal um, as is culturally. And that's like an invitation, a real, an authentic invitation um, into the culture. And so, you know, the, the, the day is scheduled that we're going to have lunch um, on, and I don't remember what day of the week it was. It, I must've been, a, it must've been a weekend. It must've been our Saturday, Sunday. It's too long ago for me to remember, but, um, and so we were supposed to be having lunch and, um, as some of you may have experienced going on a trip with a group, a long group of people, a lot of people, um, there's a lot of coordination on, on creating the journey and a lot of things in, in regards to timing. And again, remember, we're on this different vibration. <laughs> so um, it's, it's 12 o'clock. We, we wake up in the morning. The things are scheduled because it's like we have to, everyone has to cook food together in a kitchen. We have to eat and we have to get ready. We have to roll up our stuff because of the way that we are, uh, you know, in the school area space, we are sharing space with other people. So we have to make sure that our stuff is, is out of the way. Um, and we're going through our morning rituals and it's like, oh, we're supposed to be getting ready to go to lunch. And then um, from this wonderful vibration that we've been on, we transition back into what we are comfortable with in our Western culture and being like, we gotta get to go. You know, So getting into this very anxious energy, um, around 
getting ready to go so that everybody can get into the cars and you can even hear by the tone of my voice what was happening um, in that moment. So people are being very anxious and like, you know, there's a tension and some people are right not ready, have gotten all the stuff cleared out the way and just all of this need to get there by this certain time. Um, and in hindsight, I'm looking back and I'm remembering that we were invited to come and have lunch with the family, but there was no clear time that was communicated in any way, shape or form. And no one had thought about it, but thinking lunch and being from Western culture, we're thinking we need to get to someone's house around one or two o'clock in the afternoon, 12, let me say 12 to two o'clock, I'm just gonna, in the afternoon. Um, and it was funny because the other two of my really good girlfriends who were on the trip with me as people were getting into their anxious, we were cracking jokes about um, a, a colloquialism that we use in Western culture and Black culture in particular about being on CP time. And CP time is like a quote for color people time, which means that we do things in our leisure. We really do. Um, we show up uh, when we want to. My daughter is in the background laughing because she might not be um, one who prescribes to CP time so much. But um, so, you know, we're kind of laughing about it and watching this energy and but being a part of the energy because we have to get in this car and get over to the space. So then we're on the car. There's this tension getting into the, the van. Um, the person who is driving us, which is of the community that we're in, um, who was, uh, you know, supporting us with transportation through the whole trip, um, didn't seem to be anxious and was kind of, I, I remember now thinking, rethinking about this story, how they were kind of like laughing, you know, as they're watching all of the bustle and hustle and the, so we get into um, our transport on this long sojourn to a, a beautiful area and, and seeing um, the red, and I'm talking about a real different vibration, the uh, soil in Africa is red, like the, like, um, like the things that are surrounding me. So seeing all of that, uh, seeing people we saw as we were driving on this trip, we saw um, a community of people like, preparing for a wedding. And so it was just like a big like dance and music and, and drums, and they were just walking, um, just walking and, and being in joy in their movement. We saw those things. And I remember Wangani talking to us about the tradition of marriage and how people travel long distances in, in leisure to get to um, the space where people are gonna be joined together. And so we arrive at our host's home and there's shock and surprise that we've arrived at this time period. And they're like, not expecting us at all. Um, and so there's there becomes this anxiousness because uh, the traditional food has to be, is not prepared, um, that we were going to be uh, breaking bread and eating and sharing together. Um, and then um, the, the energy of the space was like, oh, we have these visitors from someplace else. We don't, we're not prepared. We don't have any of the things that they are supposed to have. And, uh, and, and, uh, you know, so, so now the movement and, and the, the, the shouts and, and the different the Kikuyu language, you know, getting people to get prepared, go down to the field and get the things that we need and all of this, this energy um, happening there. Um, in the midst of, of, of that level of anxiety from the folks that received us, um, they, 
you know, offered that we get to be able to walk the land and like move around. Um, some of us were invited into the kitchen to watch the preparation of, of the move, the, the, the food that we were going to be eating and things like that. But it was definitely having to make, make a shift. Um, and the learning in that, the learning in that is really being able to identify what it is to be in time, right? To recognize the environment that you're in, to be able to fall into step with the vibration that you're feeling, um, being able to mitigate yourself from having anxiety, being able to enjoy the journey so that as you're being received by wherever you're coming into space, that you can come and do that with peace and ease, which is what the intention was. The culture in Africa is that when you are with this group of people in Africa, because Africa has many countries, and many peoples, but with the Kikuyu people in East Africa, when you invite someone to lunch, that could be from anywhere. <laughs> that could be from anywhere from mid midday, which would be about two o'clock all the way to seven o'clock the evening. So when they were inviting us to lunch, they were like in the leisure of your time, but the expectation would have been that we would have arrived more like three o'clock in the three or four o'clock in the afternoon when things would have been prepared and we would have been able to sit down with more peace and ease and in the vibration of the culture. Um, and so it was a wonderful learning. And in this year, as I was thinking about what it means to um, be uh, walking in my purpose um, and being a practitioner of peace is the memory, the memory in my DNA to be in time. Um, and that being in time and being present in the now is what really matters. Unless another lesson that comes out of that is from my young people who really helped me to stay uh, centered in my existence. And um, I do have a 16-year-old who sits with me most of the time. And um, we always talk about, like, you know, as a parent, you're thinking about planning and, and things like that. And at this moment, in this moment, uh, they have made me aware that uh, planning in the way that, that I would have done traditionally in my time is not the same because the world is completely changing for them in a moment to actually thinking about you know what are you going to do in six months to a year looks completely different because in a moment we can all be asked to stay in our homes <laughs> um asked to uh to shift our lives to being um online um changes not be allowed to go back uh to a college campus um and so it has really helped me to think about what peace and ease looks like. And peace and ease for me in this moment really does look like just being in time. Thank you. Thank you, Jay. That's a lovely story. I, I love the being in time and peace and ease. Yana, Liz, what are we going to think about when we go to the breakout rooms? Yelena, did you want to frame something or um, you want me? <laughs> yeah, I loved this story so much. And uh, uh, one of the things that came up when we were having our conversation last night was so many of us gather here as peace builders. 
and the importance it is to cultivate inner peace so that we can go out in the world and hold that space as peace builders. And when Jay was talking about that idea, how you experience time differently, I remembered a little uh, section from a book that I read when I was younger and I reread every couple of years. And it's a book some of you may have heard of called Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. And I don't know if any of you have read it, but it's this story about a father and his son taking a motorcycle ride across the country. And they're sitting on the same motorcycle. And the father talks about all his visions. And at one point in the story, his son says, are we there yet? When are we gonna be there? And his father said to him, there's nothing up there that is better than what's here right now. And I loved that. And I took that on as my practice. But later on the book, the father has this realization that as he was driving and seeing all these beautiful vistas, all his son was seeing was his back. And so his experience of the time and the space was very different than his father, even though they were sitting there so closely. And so uh, what came up for us as we were talking yesterday, as you move into the group, do you wanna think of a time, um, maybe come in with a storytelling of your own of a time when you felt completely in time and what kind of practice you would need? And I said, that one sentence has been my personal practice, right? Where I draw it in. Every time I wanna rush my children or rush something, I think there's nothing up there that's better than right here. And that's become kind of my practice that brings me back in time. But I also try to be aware that other people may not be experiencing that same time as I'm experiencing. So as you move into your circles, Terry's gonna explain how we do the groups. You may wanna come in with a story of your experience of either a time or a practice that you have that helps you stay in that moment of time and your experience of being in time the way Jay so beautifully presented for us. Wonderful, thank you. All right, so as a reminder for those of you who've been with us before or for those of you who have not been with us before, we're going to go into breakout rooms. My goal is to have three people to a room. Sometimes I'm successful, sometimes I'm not. And if I'm not, if I send you a second invitation I'm just trying to even things up. So if you get a second invitation, take it. It's a good one. Otherwise, just take the first one, go to the, the breakout room with a couple of people. And the agreements are that we listen from our heart, speak from your heart, say just enough, trust that you will know what to say. And if you don't have anything that you want to share to say, then give the gift of listening. And the focus is, uh, is for the inquiry to think of the time. I put it in the chat, what Liz was saying. Think of a time when you felt completely in time and what kind of practice you would need to be most present and to be in time. So we relate back to the story that Jay has told. When we come back together in, a, in about 15 minutes, I'll give you a three minute warning and then people could just share whatever's alive for them at that time. Um, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> so I will put the recording on pause. And we'll be back together very soon. Welcome back, everyone. It's good to see you. I know we had a conversation in our room. I'm assuming everyone else did too. So who would like to share? What's coming up for you? What's bubbling up from your conversation? You can unmute yourself and speak.
nothing. I feel like there's a lot of things. I, I appreciate silence um, and just and being able to take a pause. And I do want to just end on um, what I was saying in our room, which is uh, your, your moment to take time for yourself and your peace and ease, being able to identify that. Um, and the person knows who I'm speaking to, and I'll let them if they want to grow on it. But something that also came up that I got from Dave um, was a reminder in our conversation yesterday as we're preparing for this, that um, I believe it was Liz that offered the thought process of uh, the saying that we have here, which is this too shall pass. Was that, that was you, Liz? I just want to make sure I'm crediting the right person. (laughs) Um, This too shall pass, right? And we were talking about what it is to be in time in those moments that we want to avoid because they don't feel so good to us, um, you know, because it might be, you know, pain or some conflict that's occurred. And so we try to like avoid it and get out of those moments. Um, and I don't think about time in a linear way. Um, I definitely think about time in a very circular way. And Dave was giving us the, the cultural differences um, and the beauty of the way that people learn time, um, depending on what their culture is. And so thinking about that and thinking about the way that I see time as a very linear thing, it's how do we sit in those moments and really experience our bodies in those moments in time that also don't feel good? How do we heal through that? Um, And then remember that those processes happen for those moments when this too shall come again. So this too shall pass, but this too shall come again. And when that coming again happens, we have a better way of being able to deal with it in that moment and in that present in time. Thank you, Jay. I love that circular idea of time. Things keep coming around. Who else would like to share? Nancy? Yeah. Patty and I um, talked a little bit about each of us had an experience we really remembered where we felt very present. And um, I think the commonality of them, um, it was a sort of nature, children, waves, um, feeling suspended, sort of suspended animation where there was sort of a Star Trek uh, time-space continuum merging kind of thing. Um, It just, um, I don't know. It was a moment where we all, uh, where both of us, I think, her and her way with her animals and me with my children, um, it just felt like that moment always was and always will be. Mm. that's beautiful so you can always capture that feeling yeah there's a consistency a constancy around it Mm -hmm. Mm. lovely who else would like to share Uh, I will Um, hey everyone hi Hi, Terry So uh, some, one thing that I shared was that um, there's a, when, when I'm doing some project with working with wood, so if I'm cutting pieces of wood that I've like measured and drawn a line on, that um, 
when the saw blade, like usually a spinning saw blade is like on the line. So I'm, my eye is really focused on where the blade meets the line and my body is working together with my eye and I'm breathing and I'm trying to stay, you know, relaxed and alert in my body. So I stay safe and effective and healthy and just stay on that line so that whatever I'm building will fit together. Well, um, being in that moment of awareness and action and presence, I think a lot of other things have to be quiet. Like I, I can't really be focusing on a lot of worries and concerns and questions and doubts. There's nothing to do about them in that moment. Mm-hmm. In that moment, I'm all about moving the saw blade along that line. And um, typically th- that sort of, yeah, that gives me a sense of sort of peace and presence and somewhat even exhilaration, like, ah, just sort of relaxation and, and presence. Um, so just one example and thoughts about, you know, transferring that experience or something about that presence and carefreeness or worry freeness into, into other experiences is enticing. Mm. Thank you, Dan. I get a real sense of that. Yeah, Judy. Um, we have staying with us right now a man from Ecuador who leads uh, uh, treks into the Amazon. He's been doing it for years, most of his life. And uh, he was sharing yesterday about um, in uh, Colombia, there's a tribe that is very heart centered and present and and uh, connected with nature. And they, they believe in experiences like I think we're all talking about those, those uh, pinnacle or epiphany moments in your life when um, it's just, as Nancy said, it's always present, it will always be present. And uh, he was sharing that in those moments, why they are the way they are is that they open your heart chakra dr- dramatically. And, and he gave an image of where globes of energy with the heart and the red in the center. And when you have those moments, the red goes out to, this, to, the, it, this, to the edge of your globe of, of energy. And uh, yeah, and, and it, it was interesting because we, we were talking about in our own personal lives, those types of experiences that really stand out. Um, um, and it's kind of beyond even being present in the now be here nowness that Jay was talking about. Um, and, uh, for me, they happen very much when I'm in nature. And, uh, so it, it was just interesting. We, I, we've been having a kind of an ongoing, they've been with us for 10 days now, ongoing conversation about, um, those experiences and, and particularly with Danielle about his experience in various different indigenous cultures, spending time there and, and how, there's a commonality of that experience, but but how each culture describes it or relates to it and honors it is very different. And obviously we have a very Western interpretation of that in our culture uh, and, and hopefully it's growing. I think in, in, in many indigenous cultures, it's foundational. Whereas I think in our culture, speaking of round, circular time, we're, we may be just coming to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, it's nice to ha- have an opportunity to talk about it like this morning. 
Thank you, Judy. It sounds sounds like it's been a very rich time with your visitor. Yes, it has been. Yeah. Yeah. We have time for one more share. Would anybody else like to share? Any reactions from your breakout room? I wanted to share, Dan, I really thank you for walking through the trees. <laughs> I was enjoying the landscape. Yeah. Um, we, we, uh, yeah, we had a great discussion about, um, and, and, um, one of the things that I shared about, um, what helps me or, or the times that I think about when I've been the most present is, uh, I have a couple of people in my life that when they speak, when they're, when you're talking to them, they never break eye contact. And I'm not one of them. I'm not good at that. I tend to look around and because I'm always multitasking. And, uh, but when I'm with them, I'm very aware that they don't break eye contact and how much that keeps me in the present moment and how uh, much that feeds me to have them not break eye contact with me. And so um, it's, it's a goal of mine to do that better, but mm -hmm. I'm always appreciative of being in dialogue with them because, uh, because that is, it's one of those rarities. There aren't that many people that, so it, it's so odd for me that it really stands out to me when I'm talking mm -hmm. to them and they, they never break eye contact. It, uh, sometimes it can almost make me, it can make me feel uncomfortable. Not almost, it does make me feel uncomfortable, but mm -hmm. anyway. I just want to say thank you for the opportunity to, to, to discuss that. And Jay, thank you so much for your, your story. Uh, I had the deep pleasure of going to Ghana in 2018. And so listening to you relate your story about the vibration and getting off the plane and all that, it, it uh, kind of brought me back there a little bit. So thank you. Thank you, Dee. Jay, before we move into close, are there any final thoughts that you'd like to share? It's not required, just checking in. Yeah, no, I feel like I've taken up a lot of time. Um, I just, I don't, I wanted to invite Dave to kind of share his thoughts um, about the beautiful cultures um, and their ways of thinking about time. But that's just, it was something that was impactful for me. Dave, are you inspired to speak up or no? Totally not at all. Only I wasn't sure exactly which thing you were pointing to, but I I so I have a lot of gratitude um, that the share I made landed well. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm going to put some links in the chat. This is about the Peace Alliance. The Peace Alliance um, has a mission to empower civic action for a culture of peace. Our website is peacealliance.org. Also a link to the Peace on Podcasts and a link to a page about these hope story circles and a link to our Blueprint for Peace. The Blueprint for Peace is an initiative that we've had for quite a while now. We recently revamped it. So I would recommend you take a look at it can click on a link and send a message to all of your elected officials, locally, state, federal, letting them know that you support policy priorities related to the fundamentals of building peace and reducing violence. 
We are a small nonprofit. We appreciate donations of any size and kind. And I'm looking at this link and realize it's incorrect. So don't go to that link. Go to the website and go to the donate link there. On our calendar of events, and as we as we mentioned early on in this call, um, before the call actually began, we're starting a new communications method this year. So instead of getting individual emails inviting you to the different activities that we have throughout the month, we're going to be sending an email every Monday with everything that's going to happen that week. So look out for your emails on Mondays so that you can see what's happening that week. You will not get individual emails about the Hope Story Circles anymore. So we look forward to seeing you at all of our activities throughout the months and weeks ahead. Happy New Year to everyone. And thank you so much, Jay, for being a part of this. And Liz, would you like to close us out? Yeah, uh, first of all, again, I wanna thank you, Jay, for your story. And as always, Yelena and Terry and everyone who joined. And this story and particularly the share was enlightening for me in a very particular way that I'm gonna to try to weave together briefly. Um, Dan, when you were talking about that, that moment with the, with the circular saw, I was thinking how frightened I would be in that moment and there would not be anything relaxing about that to me at all. And I so appreciate it. I tried to stay there with you in that energy. And then Judy, when you, Judy, when you were talking about connecting in nature, I thought about something that happened recently to me um, over social media that, that I am just now putting all together. And um, I come from a family of storytellers and filmmakers, right? And I absolutely love stories and films. And I had asked, I'm away for a few weeks and I asked if people could list on Facebook uh, films they found particularly inspiring. And I got some beautiful suggestions. And then one friend says, you know, screen time is never going to inspire you, get out in nature do this, do that, you're there, walk the beach, and that's where you'll find your inspiration. And it was a night answer, but it didn't ring true for me. And I thought, I have a lot of friends who when they need to connect, go to the beach. I have other friends who go to the mountains. And what I have realized about myself is the part of nature that I'm most drawn to is people, Right, and I love people and I love their stories. So I guess because that came up for me, what I invite you to think about in these next two weeks as we're thinking is um, really hearing one another's stories and what brings us into time. And for me, as I said, it is that connection with people and hearing them tell their stories or seeing them tell their stories. And if you wanna think about what is it that does that for you and try to make sure in the next few weeks you do that. Dan, I'm not suggesting you get to a circular saw, but something similar, because that was so interesting to me to find we could all name something that brings us into time, but for everyone, it's so different. So I invite you to think about what it is that brings you into time and to try to make sure you on purpose, on purpose, do more of that, you know, in the upcoming weeks and in the, and in this year, as we try to think of a practice for peace. That's all. Thank, Thank you so you much, Liz. So everyone, thank you so much for being here. Feel free to come off mute and say goodbye. Thank you so much. Happy New Year. Bye, everybody. Take care. Happy New Year. Bye, everyone. Happy New Year. Thank everyone. you again, Jay. Thank, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, Jay. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us today at Peace On. We hope that it inspires you to engage in dialogue in your larger community. Peace On is brought to you by the Peace Alliance, found at peacealliance.org.